Wow, thank you. I really need that. Um, like, because sometimes when you get ready to preach, like, you're trying to think, like, what do I say on the way up? Like, something really witty and cool. Um, but I got nothing like that. Um, I'm actually, this morning I woke up and I'm like, I am exhausted. Anybody else? I hate time change. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I think that this is the last one. I don't know some of you guys said. This is the last. We're, we're in, like, the, yeah, we're almost there. So stupid. Um, then I, like, woke up and I'm like, my alarm went off. I'm like, it's morning already? Just exhausted, um, but good, because I love it. I, I came this morning, and I'm like, wow, I really can't do this by myself. I really can't pull this off in my own strength. Not like I'm coming up here gonna do, like, thinking I was going to do something amazing, but really when we, when we show up and it's like it really becomes a sacrifice and an offering when it's like it's, I'll give you everything I have, and, and you can make something amazing out of it. So um, that's where I'm at, at this morning. Um, drinking some coffee, mm. um, but also just so blessed. Like this morning, we decided to to have this. Like you know, we'll, we'll pray every morning before, but we decided like you know what, we're actually gonna like we're gonna we're gonna actually have this special prayer time <clears throat> before church just to like set the atmosphere. Because I feel like sometimes we show up and we're like. Like, this is like our warm-up to like, okay, we're going to get worship and warm-up for like, you know, the message. And then by the time we're out the door, we're like fired up, hopefully, <laughs> right? But like, why, why not get fired up before and actually set the atmosphere in the room so when people walk in, it's like they actually feel the tangible presence of God? Because like, even talking theologically, yes, he's here, but it's like, man, he, there's so much of him. There's so much more. The train of his robe fills the temple. There, to, to, the, to his government, there will be no end. Like, he, is, he doesn't end. Like, there's no limit of revelation you could have about God. He's just that big. You know, when, as soon as we think we figured him out, it's like, well, then we're in trouble because he is so much bigger than what we could understand. We were in, Rob and I, Rob, he, we were talking with Rob yesterday, and he's like, What's the, do you guys want to, like, bounce around this deep theological question of, you know, when, uh, you, know, you know, Christ was crucified at the foundations of the earth, so was he actually crucified at the foundations of the earth, or was it planned, or what was it? And it's like, I don't know. And if I think if I did know, like, it's just too big to know, right? You know, we're talking about the mind of Christ today, kind of. I really don't know what we're talking about. I was praying, my God, what are we going to do? And, and he brought the story of um, Elijah and the prophets of Baal to mind. I'm like, oh, wow, that's really awesome. Um, yeah, so actually, before we start, does anybody remember last week we were all praying for each other? Does anybody have any testimonies from that Sunday? Anybody? Nobody. Nobody? Judy's got one. You can see how. Awesome. Awesome. Good. Just release that. Um, they prayed for um, their son's job, and it's going really well. So, interview. Yeah, interview. That's awesome. Yeah, um, so speaking of deep questions, last night we were at Dave and Buster's, and um, Vanessa was talking to Braden. This was really amazing, and he's like, he asked Vanessa, where does water come from? And it's like, whoa, that's actually a pretty deep question. Where does water come from? God? Like, God created water? And he's like, no, no, I actually, I want some water. Where do I get water from? 
That's so funny. Oh. <laughs> yeah, pretty awesome. I love it. I love, I love living life together. I love having, um, you know, that saying that it takes a village. I love having a village around my kids. It's really, really special, and I think it's really, really necessary, and I think that saying is there for a reason. Um, one of our core values here is nothing is impossible. Um, we have four. God is good. Nothing is impossible. Everyone is significant, and what Jesus did it all. So real, really four important pillars. Without one of them, I think that we'd fall over. Um, they're really, really important to us. But today we're going to focus on that. Nothing is impossible. Um, God has no limits. The only limits exist in our minds, right? That's why we're, we're told that we need to renew our minds. The limits exist up here. I, I you know, someone brought it up not too long ago, the, the, the record, you know, the four-minute mile when it was broken. I don't remember what year it was. I don't remember which runner it was. doesn't matter. All that matters is they thought it was impossible. And this is just people. This is just runners. They thought it was impossible. And then this one guy breaks the four-minute mile. And what happens after that? Just one after the other, people are breaking the four-minute mile, right? So the, where was the limit? Was the limit in their training? Maybe. But I think the limit was up here because subconsciously it's like this is impossible. But someone actually had the faith to say it's possible. And I think God is inviting us into a season of actually saying it's possible, right? Because all things are possible with God. We, uh, I'm totally going out of order. I don't know where I'm going. But um, we, uh, we, when we went to, up to uh, this conference the other last week, two weeks ago, um, let me preface it with this. I have this dream in my heart. I have tons of dreams. Like, I, we, we will dream, dream ourselves off a cliff. Like, some of you know who get frustrated with that. We're like, what if we do this? 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 And it's like, slow down. We actually, like, how do we actually do this stuff? But um, I had this dream in my heart, and it was, um, I, there's this, this ranch that I kind of had my eyes on that is so much money. It's such a prime piece of land, and I have so many dreams for it. Like, if I just had that piece of property, the things I would do, not only for myself, but, <laughs> um, but for other people, like, I feel like it would be just a game changer for, for men. I have this dream in my heart. And we went up to this conference, and, like, it's, it's such an amazing culture, and it's something we're developing here, too, this prophetic culture of, like, people are constantly on this channel of, like, what is God saying about that person? What is God saying about that person? What is God saying about that person? And, uh, and I got two words about a ranch. <laughs> like, whoa. Like, I, they were kind of saying, prophesying, whatever, and then someone's like, Star Ranch? And I'm like, huh? What? <laughs> so I could either be like, yeah, God, you see my heart. Yeah, I just, yeah, oh, man, I feel so seen right now. Like, God sees me. Or I could be like, is this on your heart too? Is this possible? Yeah, it is. <laughs> Pretty much every story in the Bible, like anything that we, we like, any of the main big things in the Bible, it's always like impossible situations, right? It's like the impossible situations, God just can't help but show up. It's like, it, it has to be, it has to be impossible. And then God shows up, like, you know, Moses, he's taking the Israelites out of Egypt and he gets to the Red Sea and he's like, 
what do we do now? Like, these guys can't swim across the Red Sea. We're stuck. We're dead. And God's like, raise your staff. Sea opens. Like, what? And I, I think sometimes we read these Bible stories and we're so accustomed to them growing up. It's like, oh, that's a nice story. But imagine if you were like, you're in need of a, we always say creative solutions or creative miracles. And you're like, God, I need to get over there. And God's like, uh, raise your staff in the sea part. It's like, it's like, what? That's just bizarre because it's impossible, right? It, the natural world doesn't work like that. You know, the Israelites in Jericho, like they're marching around Jericho. They, they're, they're waging war. They're going through claiming the promised land. They're waging war and they're walking around. Like God's like, don't, don't wage war like they wage war. You know, you could, you know, do, siege this fortress or whatever and, and do it the way that everybody does it. But God doesn't say that. He says, march around it this many days, this many times, and then blow the trumpet and then the walls fall down. What? <laughs> and I, I wonder too, like, were they even equipped to like take down a fortress? They're wandering in the wilderness. They don't have like, they're not like established anywhere. They can't like get these weapons to actually take this place down. It's impossible. How about the birth of Jesus? Christmas is coming up. How about the, the, the incarnation of, of God in flesh? Like the Holy Spirit comes and impregnates a woman. What? That's impossible. Like, everybody knows how that works, right? It doesn't work like that. It doesn't work like that. How about all the miracles of Jesus? Like, Jesus, like, they need to pay the taxes so Jesus gets a fish and pulls. I don't know why. Like, there's so many miracles, but that one's just, like, crazy to me. It's like, what? He pulls a coin out of a fish's mouth. It's wild. Walking on water, walking through walls. We were talking about this yesterday. Like, how did Jesus, like, he just walked through crowds of people, just... It just, it doesn't work. Like, I, I know if I walk here, I'm going to walk into this table. Like, I, you do a trust. That's what we're going to start doing. We're going to start, like, experimenting with this stuff and doing just trust runs into the wall. <laughs> Jesus, make me run through the wall. Poo. Yeah. Me first. I'll, I'll do it. That's my job. That's what I do. I'm a professional. I can do that. Jesus clearly had the most, has the most, got the mind of Christ, is the most superior mind ever, obviously, right. obviously. Okay, so where am I going? Okay, so um, God brought my attention to this, this story, and I'm going to read it to you because I could just quote it, but I, th- I think it's okay to read, to read a big passage of Scripture. I just think that's fine. Mm. So, again, like, <laughs> I just don't know where it's going to go. Um, so... Just to preface everything, so Eli- there's, this, there's this showdown that happens with Elijah and the prophets of Baal, 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 whatever, how you want to pronounce it, but um, things are getting, are pretty bad, right? The, the king is, is wicked, he's married to this wicked, uh, wicked woman, this wicked woman, that song, but he's, he's married to this wicked woman. And things are really bad. They're bringing all sorts of bad things into Israel. There's a drought that was actually caused by Elijah praying. There's a famine. There's just tons of awful things going on. Because, and Baal, like there's, there's uh, is that Moloch or Baal, child, uh, child sacrifice? There's just, it's just not good. Is it Baal? Not good, right? All bad stuff, really bad stuff, okay? And I feel like that's kind of where we're at a little bit. I don't know. Like, I was not, okay, I don't know if this is my, me just like 
um, giving up or <laughs> not having faith or believing for something, but I didn't exactly expect, I didn't even pay attention to what happened in this election, I'm, and this isn't really even about politics. I just know what I want. I, I just know what I, I believe. Like, Prop 1, I don't think that should have passed. That's, yeah. that's not good. That's, it's, it's awful, personally. I think, not personally, it's awful. Like, it's just morally awful. Um, so, like, seeing that pass, it's like, could it get any worse? Like, could this get any worse? Like, I thought this was going to be the turnaround, right? You know, that, you know, people were going to stand up and wake up and start doing stuff and start, like, people were going to get, like, corruption was going to be uncovered and all that, and but nothing, nothing, right? Like, what is that? Like, why? I think there's a little bit of answer in, in this, and I think this is what the Lord is saying. So I'm going to read it. Um, so Obadiah went to meet Ahab and told him, and Ahab went to meet Elijah. When he saw Elijah, he said to him, is that you, you troubler of Israel? I think that's in reference to like he's, he, you know, commanded the rain not to come. I have not made trouble for Israel, Elijah replied, but you and your father's family have. You have abandoned the Lord's commands and have followed the, the Baals. Now summon the people from all over Israel to meet me on Mount Carmel and bring the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah who eat at Jezebel, Jezebel's table. So Ahab sent word through all of Israel and assembled the prophets on Mar Mount Carmel. Elijah went before the people and said, How long will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, follow him. But the people said nothing. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves and let them cut it into pieces and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and put it on the wood, but not set fire to it. Then you will call in the name of your God, and I will call in the name of the Lord, the God who answers by fire. He is God. Then all the people said, what you say is good. Elijah said to the prophets Baal, choose one of the bulls and prepare it first, since there are so many of you. Call in the name of your God, but do not light the fire. So they took the bull given to them and prepared it. Then they called on the name of Baal from morning till noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there was no response, no one answered, and they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to taunt them. Shout louder, he said. Surely he is a god. Perhaps he is deep in thought or busy or traveling. Maybe he is sleeping and must be awakened. You know, it's so funny. I don't know why it's not in here because... Like there's some, I think some, I don't know what translation is, but he's almost saying, maybe he's over there taking a dump. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but it's like, where is he? I love it. Why couldn't we have fixed it before? Like, couldn't we like have some sort of diplomacy and like you guys just agree that, you know, we're going to let us have our practices over here and you guys have your Baal worship over there. Why couldn't we do it that way? No, it's like it came down to a showdown, right? I, I am not one who thinks like I'm like excited for things getting worse. I'm not one of those who are like, it's got to get worse and worse. Sign of the times for Jesus to come back. You know, I'm not one of those people. I'm not like, like, you know, once, you know, things get bad enough, Jesus is going to be like, oh man, you guys look pretty beat up. Okay, I'll come get you now. I'm not, I'm not that of that camp. I believe that Jesus is coming back for a glorious bride. That's the camp I'm in. But I love it. I love it. I love it. Because why, why does he let these things happen? Because we are more than conquerors through Christ. 
right? If there's nothing to conquer, how could we be more than conquerors? I, I think that God, like, I don't think he causes bad things to happen, but he obviously lets bad things happen. Whether it's free will, whatever it is, I don't know, but he obviously, like, lets things happen. There's a mystery to that. Why did this happen to my family? I don't know. It's awful. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know, but other things, like, why is this happening? I don't know. Maybe because there's a showdown coming. Maybe, do you guys notice, like, movies, um, every, like, good, every, like, good, good movie, not every popular movie, I guess I should say, because some good people think movies are good and it's totally sad and awful, like, that just wastes an hour of my life, two hours of my life. (laughs) But you think, like, like, Marvel movies, you think, like, Star Wars, yes. Um, You think like these big franchises, why are they so popular? It's demonstrating a a big battle between good and evil. And if there was not that battle, if there was not that impossibility to overcome, if there was not that 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 enemy to be overcome, that the 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 heroes to conquer, no one would want to watch it. I think there's something deep inside of our hearts, and maybe it's deep inside the heart of God as well because of this, but there's something deep inside of us that, like, we know there is this cosmic battle between good and evil. And honestly, in these movies, if you're rooting for the bad guys, like, something's wrong with you. Sorry. Because most people are like, they want good to overcome. That's our heart. Like, yes, good will overcome. Even when, like, all of the odds are against them, it's like good will overcome the hero, like beaten down, like, you know, struggling. It's like, no, you can do it. We love the underdog, right? You can do it. I think that like the story of Jesus is the perfect, perfect example. The story of the cross is the perfect example, right? No one ever in history was as beat down as Jesus before the cross. Like I, I hear people arguing like, well, this would have been worse. Or this, that's not the point. That's not the point. It's because he actually willingly went and he took the beating and he took the sin and he took everything for you and I. We see the story, right? Jesus comes. He's this hero. Everybody loves him. And then he comes up against the hardest thing that he would ever have to face. That was at the foundation of the world. He takes this beating and where everybody watching this they think, wow, we, we're losing. The disciples fled. Peter denied Jesus. It's over. It's over. But then what? Yeah, he's taken down from the cross. He's put in the grave. Jesus is dead. Story's over. But we know that it's not over. It's the ultimate victory. He comes out of the grave. Not only does he come out of the grave, and visit people, and 40 days, he's, he's going, seeing people, and walking through walls, and doing all that cool stuff. But then what happens is he actually ascends, and he's absolutely glorified, king over everything. That's the ultimate hero story. That's, well, I'm answered, answered my question. Yeah, that's in the heart of God. He just displayed it. It's in all our hearts. I have no idea where I was going with that. Where am I? Okay. He's on the toilet. Okay. Um, So...
So they shouted louder and slashed themselves with swords and spears, as was their custom, until their blood flowed. Midday passed, and they continued their frantic prophesying until the time for the evening sacrifice. But there was no response. No one answered. No one paid attention. Uh-oh. I love it. I love the faith of Elijah to just be like, just to taunt them. I think sometimes we're expecting God to show up, but we're not that confident where we're like taunting the enemy, right? You know, things look really bad and like, ha ha, just wait. You know, I think often it's like, I don't know if we have that faith. I would, I think we need that faith. So where am I? (laughs) I'm so lost. (laughs) Okay, I love this. I love this. I love this. Okay, then Elijah said to all the people, come here to me. They came to him and repaired the altar of the Lord, which had been torn down. Elijah took 12 stones, one for each of the tribes, descended from Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord had come, saying, your name shall be Israel. With the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he dug a trench around it large enough to hold two seahs, I don't know, of seed, some sort of measurement of seed. He arranged the wood, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid it on the wood, Then he said to them, fill four large jars with water and pour it on the offering and on the wood. So they did that. Do it again, he said, and they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered, and they did it a third time. The water ran down around the altar and even filled the trench. At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command? Answer me, Lord. Answer me so these people will know that you, Lord, are God and that you are turning their hearts back again. It's just so simple. No cutting, no jumping, no yelling, no begging, none of that. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. When all the people saw this, they fell prostrate and cried, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Anybody who would be looking with their natural eyes, this would make no sense. Dump more water on it, dump more. I mean, has anybody tried to start a campfire with like all the right stuff? And then you're like, you can't get it started. And And Elijah's like, dump water on it. I love it. He rebuilds the altar to the Lord. The altar's established and the fire falls on it. In the New Testament, it talks about us being the living sacrifice. So Lord, let the fire fall. Let us burn for you. There's a showdown coming. (laughs) I feel it. I don't know when, but I think we're getting to the point, like, you know, like, the enemy used to hide so easily in our society. Sneaky little ways, but it's so blatant now. And I don't want to, like, put all my focus there, but I'm just saying, like, that's just what I see. Like, it's pretty clear that, you know, evil's getting pretty bold. We need to start getting pretty bold. What does it look like? What does it look like to invite impossible situations? Because I think sometimes like we want to see God move, but we don't we don't want to be living in the unknown. But the problem with that is 
if there's no mystery involved, if there's no, if there's no possibility, there's no need for faith. And what pleases God? Faith. It's not knowing I have my, all my life in order and I know everything that I need to do. It's actually like, well, God, I have no idea what's going on. I think it's so funny because I've never been like, I've never been so clear in my life, but at the same time, I've never been so like, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I mean, even with like kids and, and all that kind of thing, it's like, you know, it's people ask like, how do you, how do you get ready for kids? And it's like, well, the short answer is you don't because you have no idea what you're doing. Um, poor first child, you know, you know, everyone's first child, they get all the mistakes I was not. I'm perfect, so I was the. Yeah, so I'm the baby, so I I I got all the good parenting. Just kidding. The good parenting was through all of them, but <laughs> without without impossible situations, there's no need for faith, and without faith, there's no pleasing God. I don't know about you, but I want to please God, and actually, I want to see Him move, because without impossible situations, like I don't need Him to move. I already have it all figured out. Like, if I already ha- know what, where my, you know, I have my financial, and don't get me wrong, I'm not against having a financial plan. But if I have my, like, finances planned out to my, down to my retirement of, like, and then I'm going to retire here and do this, this, and this, it's like, yeah, you make plans, but you don't even know where you're going to be tomorrow. You don't even know if you're going to be alive tomorrow. I watched this video of, like, people who, on their deathbeds, and they were, like, do you have any regrets? And there were a couple like, you know, I wish I didn't, you know, work as much and things like that. But I think one of them was like, I wish I like, I wish I took more risks. I wish I, I wish I did more things and I, and I trusted more. And I, I just feel like if we could just get that perspective, like it's almost like writing your own obituary. Has anybody ever done that? Write your own obituary? And you're like, what do I want people to say about me at the end of my life? And then you could almost read it, not in a morbid way, but of like, am I living up to this? Am I living up to the, the impact I want to make in the world? And it's not too late either. You feel like, man, I squandered my life. I did this and that. No, it's not too late. It's never too late. God redeems everything. No idea where I'm where I am. What if we lived in such a space where even when things get doused, they would light up? Like we believed it, like more impossibility? Awesome. I want to get to the point like where something like like we're almost going, we're looking for it. We're looking for the impossible situations, not avoiding them. Getting to a point where there's going to be this showdown of the prophets of Baal, whatever that be in our modern times, and God. Because we're getting to the point where like, we can't just convince people with words anymore because you just can't. There's too many, there's too many arguments all over the place. You can't, it just doesn't work. There's going to be a need, need to be a demonstration of power. And I know that makes people uncomfortable, but I don't really care. Because 
most of us in here like read the Bible and believe the Bible for what it is, there's some weird stuff in there. Like literally we just read something weird. Fire fell from heaven on an altar and burnt it up. Why would it happen back then and not now? And I'm not saying we need to build altars and call fire down on altars. But what does it look like to face impossible situations in our lives? What is it? Maybe it looks like going out and actually like taking a risk and saying, I feel like God is saying this to you. And knowing that you might get rejected or someone might look at you weird or whatever. But if you hit it and it's like, you see that like, that like 100-yard stare like this? I'm like, what? How did you know that? Oh, that's a word of knowledge. That's actually a gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what power, power of God looks like. That's what the love of God looks like. What about seeing healing? Somebody who needs it in your, wherever you work, live, walk. Again, I'm probably going to get weird, but I don't care. Um, something really fun that's been happening in our, in our church is seeing these healings. Like, we see a lot of healing, but there's one thing that's really cool because you could actually see it happen in front of your face is, like, when people have uneven legs and praying and watching it grow out, it's so weird. So weird. Impossible, right? I think there's some people right here in the room like, that didn't happen. Yeah, it did. I saw it. <laughs> I saw it. I saw it a bunch of times. Yeah crazy, so awesome, and it's so small, like, in comparison, but still, it's impossible. It's impossible. What are the impossible situations? So the future is going to require Elijah demonstration of power, and it's going to require an Elijah level of faith, of the, I know he's going to show up. You guys with me? Still here? Awesome. Okay. So I think these impossible situations, walking into them, are going to require a transformed mind. Or, sorry, a renewed mind. A renewed mind. Romans 12, 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. What is the, what is the pattern of this world? Like, I think you could interpret that a billion different ways. I've heard it like, well, it's actually interpreted as like, what's conforming? It's conforming to the law back then. I heard, I heard a bunch of different things, but what could it mean in, in our here? Like, what is the pattern of this world? I think the pattern of this world, some okay, say it's, it's wickedness, it's sin, it's whatever. But I think it's actually like predictability, safety. Like, I have it together. I think that's the pattern of this world. I think most people that you'll run into, that's, that's my deepest desire is to feel like I'm okay, that I'm secure, I have everything in place. And it says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That word there, transformed, I think I mentioned it last week, is metamorpho. And that's the same word used in the transfiguration. When the Mount of Transfiguration, when Jesus goes up on the Mount, and it's Moses and Elijah, right, that come down? Right? Yeah, Moses and Elijah come down, which is so awesome because it's the prophets and the law, and, and the Father says, listen to Jesus. It's pretty cool. But anyways, Jesus literally transfigures in front of their, their, their faces, 
And Peter is like, oh my gosh, it's amazing. Let's build, a, let's build an altar here. And he's just so overcome with the glory of Jesus. Right here, Paul is saying, we become transformed in the same way by the renewing of our minds. Now, does that look like we're glowing and have white clothes? I don't know. Probably because actually it says in the twinkling of an eye, we'll be changed. That is the future, right? That is going to happen. We will be glorified. That's just, that's, that's been said. That's going to happen. But it's by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How do we renew our minds? That's a great question. That's a really good question. I don't know, but I think it looks like something like an expansion of faith and capacity. I think it's actually like reaching this new level of like, this is impossible, but oh well, actually it's possible. I, I, and I almost think that maybe like the guy that broke the four minute mile, he maybe experienced a little renewing of the mind. I don't know if he's a believer. I don't know. I don't know who he was, what he did. But experiencing that renewing of the mind says something that was impossible is possible. And we know that all things are possible. So we actually need to get there. We actually need to ask for the faith of Jesus Amen. to get there. And actually, that's what I want to do. Because um, we need to renew our minds in order to carry the things he has for us. If you give somebody something they're not ready to carry, they'll crash it. If you give a kid the keys to a Lamborghini, he's going to crash it right? I believe God has so much he wants to give us. Ranch, so much he wants to give us. <laughs> like he wants to do some incredible things. Like incredible things. Do you think that like we want to go change this community? We want to transform this region. We want to transform the world. Do you think that God has, he had more skin in the game to actually do that? He wants to pour out the blessing. He wants to to, to give us these things, these responsibilities. But we need to be able to carry it. And I think that's character. I think that's being morally upright. I do think that. But I think it's here. It's all here. It's all here. It's actually, I'm facing this impossible situation, Lord. You say all things are possible. Will you renew my mind and actually give me a glimpse of the possible? It's actually possible. That's why we, do, that's why we release testimonies whoa, you receive that? It's possible. It's possible. So actually, I want us to stand up right now. Um, okay, so I'm not being boastful or anything right now. This, like the gifts that God gives us are gifts, right? It's not because we earn them. It's because he likes to give gifts. I feel like I've been given a gift of faith. Um, and I want to impart that to you this morning. Is everyone good with that? Yes. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, I think there's actually a lot of people in here with that gift. I think that's, that, that's just in our culture. It's in our culture, it flows down. I mean, it's literally in our, nothing is impossible. It's in our values. Whoo, I'm feeling it. Whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> Gonna start, woo, okay. Um, <laughs> all right, if everyone's just like, actually put your hands on your head. We're gonna put our hands on our head. Lord, we pray right now for a renewed mind. 
Lord, would you take the impossible situations, the things that we think are absolutely impossible, that we wrote off, that we think you've forgotten us about, that we think that you're just not seeing us, that we think you don't love us, that we think you're mean. Lord, we just take those situations and actually say, no, this is not impossible. This is possible because we serve a God of the impossible. It's impossible. Parting the Red Sea, impossible. The walls of Jericho falling down by marching around it, impossible. Walking on water, impossible. It's all in there. You did it all. Lord, we just declare today that the impossible is possible and the things that you're putting on our hearts, Lord, are there for a reason and you will fulfill those promises and you are faithful. So Lord, right now, we just, I just impart a gift. I just impart faith in this room. I just impart your faith to actually that people would actually trust. That people would actually trust what you put on their hearts. Lord, that they wouldn't write it off. That family member, that's it's an impossible health situation. Impossible, but you are the God of the impossible. You can do all things. Lord, the dreams that we have for a transformed community for a transformed region, for a transformed state, Lord, not through politics. Yeah, politics help, but not through politics, but by your spirit and by a renewed mind, a, peop- a body of believers that actually step into the, your faith and partner with you. Yeah, it doesn't look good with the naked eye, Lord, but we know what you're doing. We know your heart. We know that you're love to show off and we love to see it Jesus we love you Amen